our rugby movie review for today is going to be the movie Everybody's Game. Rugby can be that vehicle to change a lot of people's lives, I think, and just not enough people are exposed to it. Yeah, I just felt a part of something, and it was the first time I, I really had that feeling. Rugby has a special place in my heart, and it's changed the course of my life. I just feel more people should have that chance. Now, I have to say, with this documentary, this one, the music, by far, is the best music I've seen from any rugby production ever. Any rugby production. I just got to kick it off. I rewatched this documentary simply at minimum because of the uh, music that it had. But Everybody's Game is a 2020 documentary directed and produced by Bath Rugby player Ben Obanu, who's also featured within this documentary, talking about basically what it is to be black in rugby. And for me, this movie hit on multiple levels because this is probably one of the first rugby anythings that I've ever been able to watch that involved three Nigerians who play rugby, four Nigerians who play rugby. And honestly, when you talk about basing that culture of Nigerians into it, like we seem to have a very, very similar across the board culture uh, uh, in a lot of ways. So it's kind of dope to be able to experience but this one, I think the best way to be able to summate this whole documentary, this whole movie, is basically rugby. Yo, you got to stop being so conforming. Like, you got to let personalities come through. And I think that, honestly, is one of the realest statements. This documentary focuses around uh, Beno Obanu, uh, Maro Toji, and Bia Alu, who are... Professional rugby players, Maro Toji, probably the most famous of the bunch, played for in England, the British Irish Lions. Uh, Beno Obanu, as I said, played for Bath, and Bia Alu plays for Wasp. Great players, what a great set of documentaries, uh, characters to be able to utilize. We also include uh, Ellis Genji, who plays for Leicester Tigers in England. And he brings another edge, like, to it. And I'm not going to lie, as an American black person, there's just elements to British black people that I, I don't fully connect with in a lot of ways. We got, there's, obviously, there's similarities that can happen in loose sense, but this was kind of an interesting look from another side of it. Um, one of the parts... That that really kind of stuck out to me. And this one has nothing so much to do with being black on, on either side, but was basically the marker of rugby in England, which of all the places that you would think that rugby is widely spread, you would think it'd be England. But just like I learned from No Woman, No Try, in this one, yo, not everybody in England knows that there are professional rugby players. Like, this is a weirdly odd problem to me. Like, Ellis Genji talked about that in his neighborhood growing up. And this dude is not very old. He's mid-20s. So he's well within the time period where rugby has been long professionalized. Premiership has long been in existence. But this guy lived in a neighborhood where they didn't know that there was professional rugby. Like... 
I would think that rugby, I've known for a long time that rugby is not a top three sport in almost any country, sans New Zealand. But for the RFU to not be able to promote well that you got professionally paid rugby players, even from the men's side, is wild to me. On top of that, to know that a lot of these guys started playing rugby when they were 11, 12, 13 years old. And I keep hearing constantly about the fact that people need to start getting rugby whenever they're five, six years old to be able to play. Like, it, it, it hits mythos that really started to, like, annoy me in terms of, like, the, the need of where people start. Like, yeah, you can start this game early and still be able to be proficient. Or you can start this game a little later and still be able to be proficient. Or you might not even know about the game and then come in later and be proficient and, and do well. And, and it's being proven within this, this documentary. And with all these guys, it, it all kind of played into the factor of like, yo, rugby is great. Like, these are passionate guys about rugby. Uh, you know, Ben Obanu made a whole documentary about this, obviously. You know, uh, B.A.L.O. Uh, is, is a guy who had been playing since he was a kid uh, and happened to go to it and has a f- deep love for it. He doesn't have a dad. He doesn't have brothers. And so the game became its own surrogate family for him. Mara Toji has seen success. His cousin is Ben, ben o- uh, Obanu. And so they practiced together and they had the travels and, and battled is the wrong word, but they... They, bat- they conflicted with what would be traditional Nigerian expectations of kids to be able to play rugby. So these guys are passionate about it. But to constantly get heard, and this is something that is consistent across the rugby world, that you have to fit into a certain mold of rugby, and we need to be breaking out of it, is, is so hard-pressed. Like, Ben Obanu said it perfectly. Like, one of the th- th- my favorite things he said... The perception of rugby isn't is that it's considered elitist. It's not a racial thing. It's not even a money thing. It's just a perception thing. I'm paraphrasing. But that was the realest statement that could be said because he was like, yo, rugby doesn't cost any more than soccer football. He said football, but you know, I'm I boycott the term football for soccer. Soccer. Uh Soccer is no more costly than rugby. Rugby is no more costly than soccer. But the perception is that it is an elitist sport. And then uh, Ellis Genji even pushes. He's like, yo, it's a posh sport. My people in my neighborhood were like, yo, this is a posh sport. Why would you go play it? Until he started playing it and doing well. And he's like, yo, I know posh people in the sport, but they're not necessarily bad. It's just you got to allow personality. Uh, They even had an example. uh, Another person, Anthony Watson, who plays for Bath in England, talks about how Genji was talking after a Six Nations match and was drinking a beer and was just talking to the reporter like he would talk to anybody else. And he got lambasted for it. Now, I think part of that is England. um, But it's like you need to stick to a format. And and they're basically like, no, you, you don't need to be this specific kind of person because it makes cultural blocks, which has been a ripple effect in rugby constantly. So I love that it was being presented and it really wasn't a black white thing. It's just using black culture, black British culture as the uh, um, standard ground for what 
to expect in this this contrast. And speaking back to what I was saying about not being heard, it would blow my mind to know that there's people in the U.S. that didn't know about uh, football, uh, didn't know about basketball, number two sport, didn't know about hockey, and didn't know about baseball. Like, these are four, the top four sports. Rugby is a top four sport. I've known since I was a kid in all four of these sports that professionalism existed. In fact, I don't know a world where they've never been professional in some way, shape, or form. To know that there is a world, that there's a whole section of kids in the UK alone that don't know about rugby or don't know about professional rugby is wild to me. Men or women, that is wild. What is happening? Oh, my goodness. So this, this, this documentary touched in a real way. Um, you know, but overall, this is just a consistent breakdown of how much rugby needs to allow personality and culture, various cultures, to be able to enter and break through the sport. And I think it's happening more today than ever. When this movie came out, it was 2020. So they clearly filmed this around early 2020, late 2019, right before the pandemic, before everything really crashed together. So for this to be able to come out then, and then now we are in 2023, while there's still a lot of work to need to be done, I have to say are easily, 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 like the forcing requirement of more uh, recognition of personality and various cultures within rugby culture itself being able to be presented, it stuck out. It's like it's mandatory. Like everybody's talking about it. One thing that I disagree with that I think B.A.L.O. said was that the U.K. should be the leader for diversity and, and in, uh, 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 cultural variation within rugby. And I was like, oh, heck no. That should be the U.S. day in, day out. Like we're not, not be the greatest in international rugby yet but i'll be damned if we're not gonna win the culture game of rugby of all the places gonna win the game. but i mean that's neither here nor there you know i just like to have my little rivalries you know against uk and canada and the city of atlanta just just my rivalries there this is what feeds my competitive edge on and off the field but overall I genuinely love this documentary. Benno Obanu has a real second career as a director, at least for documentaries, and I hope that he makes more stuff. I would love to be able to work with him on producing some stuff and, and, and making something happen. Definitely going to get an interview with him and all these cats, like Genji for sure. I definitely want BLO. Maro Toji is a little harder to get, but I'm going to get there one of these days soon. But Benno Obanu... Definitely want to be able to talk to. It, it was very uh, relaxed. It was very down-to-earth. Like, again, the music was absolutely dope. I give this documentary, uh, actually, another, a 7.5, 7.8 out of 10 for this one. Uh, the music alone just took it over the top. The only reason I don't give them 8 and 9s and 10s, I don't think they gave me that much information uh, that was new. Um, I, I don't feel like I learned significantly more about the vulnerabilities of the players, um, but I think I learned a lot about them to be able to guide the story. So definitely above average. 
Uh, but I, I, I genuinely recommend this documentary to people. You can find this documentary on Amazon Prime. It's very short, 53 minutes. Until next time, yo, I hope you guys enjoyed this review of Everybody's Game.